0: I want to do a quick reminder, this is a great time to report how many chapters of, of, you've read out of the Gospel of John. Remember, we've had a goal of reading one chapter per day uh, every month so far this year. And uh, you can, if you're here, you can stick it on a uh, post-it note and place it there. We'll put the grand total in a couple of weeks up on there for April. And then uh, if you're online, you can actually, there's a form in the description that you can link to, a Google form, and you can just put in a number of how many chapters you've read this month. So I just wanted to remind you of that. And if you really want to crash course it, there is time between the end, now and the end of April to read the whole chapter, I mean the whole book. I mean, it, you know, it would take more than one chapter a day. But if you don't, that's okay. If you want to wait until May first and just start then, you can do that too. I, I'm used to get longer. I will never know. This is one of those things that's really kind of between you and Jesus, other than you sticking a number up there and we put it in a in the total. So, um, well, enough of that. This is not going to be news to anyone in this room or anywhere in this world, but chaos crashed, crashed in on us this year. Do you notice? Yeah, everybody noticed. Uh, the Washington Post, in December, the Washington Post asked uh, its readers to, to describe 2020 in one word or phrase. Two thousand people responded. I'm not sure how many of the, well, I, mind. I was going to say I'm not. Well, I have I'm not sure how many of the responses were actually ones that they couldn't print. Huh. But there were several that they could. Here, here are the leading responses. The, one of the first, the top ones, was exhausting. And Matthew from Plymouth, Michigan says all of our challenges have been drawn out slow motion car wrecks. From COVID to the election to police shootings to unemployment to no sports to some sports and no fans, it just keeps dragging on. Mm-hmm. He says, I feel like uh, I feel trapped in a corner and all I can do is try to block the next thing that gets thrown at me. Jack from West Salem, Wisconsin, kind of he kind of inspired me for, for the title for this series. His word was lost. He said, we've lost our way as a country. The, the year has, was lost for students, families, weddings, holidays, graduations, positive human interaction. Lives were lost to disease. It feels like be, being lost in a wilderness with no map or compass. Chaotic is another popular word. Maya from Fairfax, Virginia wrote Coronavirus, the election, inability to acquire simple provisions like toilet paper, mm. racial injustice, families being torn apart. I do not recognize this country anymore. Unrelenting. The pandemic, Anthony from Austin says, the the pandemic washes over every feature of our lives from when we get up in the morning to when we go to bed at night. There is no escape from it. And it just keeps coming and coming. It's like an avalanche of news, death, and destruction. Jeanette from Virginia said, every day seemed to start something. with some new, previously unimaginable disaster. young man from Switzerland said it's surreal or unreal. He He says it's because it's the kind of thing you see in movies and think will never happen to you in real life. If I had seen my life now five years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Heartbreaking. Mm. Mm. Teresa from Ascala, Florida says "I I lost a dear friend to COVID and I have lost precious time not seeing family and friends that I will not get back. Another lady said my husband died in April. He was all alone. I had to drop him off at the emergency room door and I could not be with him it haunts me Mm. and this phrase I think is really great a year of missing Linda from Texas says it's been a year of missing as my granddaughter so aptly put it missing friends and family and life events Missing traditions and making new memories, missing feelings of well-being, joy, safety. All of these are important and necessary to living a good and healthy life. When things go missing in our lives, we are adrift, having lost our North Star, our moorings, our guideposts. The years 2020 and 2021, because let's face it, 2021 feels an awful lot like 2020 version two. These two years are shaping up to be like a white water rafting trip. In case you're not sure, oh, helps. This is a white water rafting trip. Okay, now I'm back and forth. Oh, we got it. We're going to be okay. Whoops. Down back and forth. Who knows where we're going? gonna be okay, guys. What about these? Uh oh. Oh, some lost one. Oh, no, oh, lost a person. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. We're gonna make it. Whoa, we do. Oh. Here comes <laughs> another one. We're gonna be okay, though. I think they're gonna make it. Well, maybe not. I've watched this before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Yeah, I'm gonna get these guys out of the water. See, to me, that's 2020. Just where you think you got it all set, your raft goes upside down. Now that's that's particularly bad for somebody like me. Somebody asked me recently if I was a swimmer, and I said no. I, I'm, I'm, I float like a, a, a waterlogged log, about six inches under the surface. Very difficult to breathe there. All right. So that's what happens when you uh, go whitewater rafting. Sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. Some people have wrapped all the chaos of the last few months up into two words, VUCA world. Now, you're probably like I was the first time I heard this and thought, what in the world is VUCA? I thought I knew most English words, or a lot of them anyway. Where did this come from? It's, it's, Wikipedia calls it an artificial word. That's a made-up word is what that means. Uh, It's an acronym. It was... Started in 1987 uh, and was adopted by the uh, US Army War College uh, in, res- in the 90s in response to the collapse of the Soviet Union uh, because suddenly there was no longer just one main enemy we had to keep our eyes on. <coughs> suddenly we now had a whole globe of little enemies that we needed to watch and to keep out for. So what, what does VUCA stand for? What What, what is this? What I know some of you are going to start glazing over, but trust me, you, this is going to be good. Why? V stands for volatility. It, this is, talks about the dynamics of, of change that are out of control. Whitewater rafting. You have no control over where that water is going, over those rocks. The nature of change is also kind of vacillating and and, and changing. And sometimes the change is a little thing and sometimes the change is a minor thing. Sometimes the change is something that hasn't happened for a hundred years. Global pandemic is an example. The speed of change is is and has been and it looks like it's not going to change. The speed of change is constantly, continuously accelerating. Change is happening faster and faster and faster and faster. None of us a year ago thought we would still be wearing masks today. Sure, we're just going to be safe. We're going to take y'all back off, keep distance, and it'll go away in a few months. Nope. It's not going away. Volatility. Change is happening at rapid, unprecedented, unexpected rates. Uncertainty. Well, if change is happening rapidly, then in, uh, in uncertainty. There's a growing lack of predictability. We... We can assume we know what's gonna happen, but we probably will be wrong. There's an increasing probability that we will be taken by surprise. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity. There's a wide variety of forces that work in our world that cloud and confuse the issues. There, there's no obvious cause and effect chains anymore. Things just seem to pop out of up out of nowhere. There's a thick fog of confusion that surrounds everything. Last one: a ambiguity. Reality is hard to make out. It's like we're, it's like our raft flipped over and we're upside down in the water, trying to figure out which way's up. And did I just hit a rock or was that my friend? Uh, the potential for mistakes is huge because it's hard to figure out what we're doing and everybody has an opinion take the pandemic for example I have posted on Facebook recently that I had my second vaccination shot several people gave me thumbs up a few gave me a, a heart one Gave me a crying face. She was sad that I had been vaccinated. She is not in this room. She doesn't even live in this state. So, okay. I'm just going, I could ask, did you want me to get COVID? Or what's going on? Everybody has an opinion. Vaccination should do that. Yes, you should. Everybody should. Okay, you're going to ask me my opinion. Well, This is my opinion. I'll step over here. My opinion is get the shot. At least the one. I prefer two. You know, double-barrel shotgun's always better than the singles. Never All, right. All right? So here we have this. VUCA. Volatility change is happening so fast we can hardly keep up with what's going on. Uncertainty, because we can't keep up, we don't know what's going to happen next. Complexity, it is a huge mess. It can't just be a simple A equals, you know, causes B, causes C. It's, it's like A happened. 1,000. Where did it come from? I don't know. It's a complex issue. It's ambiguous, ambiguity. It's 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 hard. It's unrelenting chaos. Whitewater rafting without a word on the worst rapids you could imagine. And it makes me wonder, how can we stay calm, cool and collected when chaos crashes in? How, how are we, as followers of Jesus, supposed to respond? How are we to respond when it feels like the whitewater river of life turns our raft upside down and deflates it? Oh. Now what? Now, we are not living in the first... VUCA world. All right, I, I Think that's probably the last time I'm going to say that. Okay, so everybody's going on yeah. right, we're, th- we're not living in the first Period of time where where it was confusing and change was happening so fast it, it was We're simply the first ones to describe it this way There have been others who just thought it was normal They thought, that's the way the the world is. You never know what's going to happen next. The first century was a a time of upheaval, especially for the very first followers of Jesus. I'm going to share with you a a list of chaotic events from Paul's Paul's life. Paul, the pioneer missionary. Um, he wrote this list in response to some people who were saying, Well, you know, Paul's nice and all, but he's not like us. He's not cool like us. Uh, and so he's, and they, they bragged about the things that they had done and so on. And Paul says, Okay, you want to compare list? I feel like I'm not for doing this, but I'm going to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 27. Here's just a few of the things he points out. He says, five times I have received, five times I have received 39 lashes. Five separate times he was whipped with 39 lashes. That's almost 200 for those of us who are not real math oriented I'm a good estimator, right? three times I was beaten with rods by the Romans they skipped the whip went straight to the rods once I was stoned by my enemies i just going to stop for my, Every time I read that kind of phrase, I need to remind you he was not talking about some alternative view of reality induced by some medication. He was stoned by people throwing rocks at him until they thought he was dead. That was an interesting occurrence, by the way. When They, they left him for dead and he got up and walked back into town. Yeah, I, that would have been fun to see people the next day. Hey, see this bruise? I think that came from you. I love you. Oh, that's all whole the sermon. We'll do that one another time. He says, three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. I faced dangers from rivers, from robbers, from my own people, from the Gentiles. I faced dangers in the city and in the open country, dangers in the scene, dangers among false hypocrites and Christians. I've had to do hard work and face hardship. I've had many sleepless nights. I've been jailed numerous times. I've gone hungry and thirsty. I've often been without food, cold, and had a lack of clothing. Oh, and by the way, Paul was not on his last day when he wrote this list. He composed this list only halfway or so through his 30 years of following Jesus before he died. So, I'm just going to ask a question for you to think about. How discouraged would you be about following Jesus, if even one of these things happened to you? <clears throat> well, how dare you ask me that question? Well, I ask myself. I'm not sure I'm really happy with the answer either, so I need to work on that. So, how can we stay calm, cool, and collected when chaos crashes in? If we're going to ask anybody, I want to ask Paul. This guy probably help us find the answer. I mean, it's like Paul's life is like one whitewater rafting accident after another right before you go off the top of Niagara Falls. And then you pop back up to do it all over again. So he ought to give us an idea. And one of the things that I think we can notice from what Paul says to us is is that following Jesus will never give you a get-out-of-chaos call. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, I'm just going to hit some high spots. You can follow along uh, in your in your hardcover, hard-copy Bibles, uh, or you can follow along on the version event. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Paul says, Since... Through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. You've been beaten and beaten and jailed and shipwrecked and attacked and they tried to kill you. And and you don't lose heart? Verse 2. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. In the midst of all the craziness of chaos, one of the things we need to do is to be focused on speaking the truth about Jesus plainly. Not our opinions, the truth about Jesus. Verse 5, Paul says, What we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Well, that is a really long sentence, but basically what he says is God opened our eyes to who Jesus is. And that's why we talk about it. Verse 7 But we have this treasure. This treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Our ability to understand who Jesus is is from Him. It's not about us. It's not. It's Him. It's what God has done. But then He goes on at verse eight. Listen again. Another list. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And I'm just going to take some license here and say if he knew about whitewater rafting, he would have said, our raft is overturned and deflated, but we're still swimming. Verse 16. We do not lose heart. Again. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Remember what he just said about the things that were happening to him and that list of things that he said were happening to him? This is his commentary on those things in verse 17. Our light and momentary troubles... Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So if we were to ask Paul, how can we stay calm, cool, and collected when chaos crashes in? How can we not lose heart in the chaos that we face? Paul might say something like this. Act and speak on purpose as you trust Jesus to see you through. Tell the truth about Jesus plainly. Keep it simple. We had a good summary of it last week. I'm going to repeat it because, you know, when I hear good stuff, I try to say it several times so I'll remember it. So here it goes. Jesus is God. God loves us. Jesus died on a Friday and rose the next Sunday morning. We need Jesus. That's what we need to tell people. And this calls you and I to some new ways of thinking. You see, following Jesus—All right, now yeah, following Jesus will never give you a get-out-of-chaos-free uh, card, but it will give you a new focus, a new way of looking at things, a new perspective. Some of those new ways of thinking are like, it is like this as one of Jesus followers. God's power is working in you to renew you from the inside out. And that's my life. It is so easy for us to become focused on what's going on and what physically to us and in us and around us that we miss out on the fact that there's a whole thing there of the world that we can't see can't put in a measuring cup and God is at work in that and we're part of that and he's working to renew us on the inside second thing is you need to look forward to the new things Jesus plans for you in place of looking backward to your old comfort zone you know, one of the things that I keep hearing us say, us, because I've said it, but in all of this chaos of 2020 and 2021, all I keep hearing is, I just, I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. Normal's gone. The world is a completely different place. unless you have a time machine, you can't go back. And if you have a time machine, please don't. You'll mess everything up. I know, I've seen the movies. And I've read the books. As one of Jesus' disciples, God's power works to renew you from the inside out. You need to look forward to the new things that Jesus has planned for you instead of looking backward to what used to be and your current chaos does not equal does not compare to how much God loves you. God did not love Paul any less when he was giving 39 lashes the first time, the second time, the third time the fourth time or the fifth time. God did not love him less when he was beaten by, with rods by the Romans. God did not love Paul less when he was shipwrecked. God did not love Paul less when his friends abandoned him. God did not Paul, love Paul less
1: when any of those
0: things happened to him. Did, oh, and here's another thing you need to know. God didn't love him anymore either. Hmm. He didn't look at Paul and go, ooh, you got whipped. Oh, wow. That gives you three more whatever. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? How do you measure love? I love my kids and my grandkids. I love my friends and my family members, right? How much? I don't have a measuring cup that'll fit that. Neither does God, especially when His love is unconditional and infinite. Our current chaos, whatever circumstances and situations it is that we're going through, whether our raft is going through the whitewater fire or if we're upside down drowning, that doesn't measure how much God loves us. When we can't figure out what's going on, which way is up and which way is down, what we should do, we just need to remember one thing. We need to tell the truth about Jesus to anyone and everyone who will listen. Jesus is God. God loves us. Jesus died and rose. Oh man, do we need Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you know it's, uh, it's it's a wild ride these days, and you understand how we feel. You have seen others through crazy, chaotic turmoil, and we chose to trust you to do the same for us. So help us to change what we look at so that we can focus our attention on the good things you have in store for us. Even in the middle of this chaos and this change that we can't understand, you have plans to do new and great things in us and through us. Help us to keep our eyes open and focused on you and what you want to do. Help us to quickly and easily and plainly tell the truth about who you are. We don't need to argue. We don't want to argue. We simply want to state what we believe is true. Give us the courage and the strength to focus on the things that you want us to focus on and to speak the truth about who you are. In the middle of this craziness, this chaos. Help us to praise you with our words and our actions. Amen. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for, uh, for connecting with us today, either online or on site here. I want to remind you, Jesus is the center of God's plan for transforming and restoring this broken world. Jesus is the center of bringing peace to all this chaos, and healing all the craziness. But you and I are the Holy Spirit's central plan for doing that in people's lives. We are His. We are central to the Spirit's mission to proclaim the story of Jesus to every man, woman, and child in Bay County and beyond. The Holy Spirit works in and through us to do far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request in our wildest dreams. He does it deeply inside, he does it gently, He renews our minds and transforms our lives, and He touches people through us. You are sent to love everyone, everywhere, every day. Go with Jesus.